All right, so we are here with our IT crew. We have Mark Kidwell here, uh, who is, you're the director of IT, correct? Correct. And then we have Bill, who is not director. No. He's one of uh, Mark's minions, yeah. <laughs> IT minions. <laughs> so uh, yeah, what, what we got today? What's going on? Tell them what your position is, Bill. Uh, my position currently is information security specialist. So Ooh. basically I'm in charge of keeping the credit union secure from attacks and scams and things like that. Is that is that a pretty daunting task? I'm sure it is. Or a lot of pressure at least. Uh, yeah. yeah. I, would, I, would, <laughs> I would think so. There's a lot more that goes into it than I think I even realized when we first started this. A lot a lot of things out there to be knowledge on. Was that position already like an open position or did they kind of create it for you to do? Basically it was a position that we started because we saw the need with the way that the industry is going. There was a larger need to stay on top of things security related um, and have a position dedicated to just that. As we grow as an institution, the, the number of attacks that are possible and the number of systems we use, it just grows exponentially. Like every day, yeah, right? Yeah, and with each system we add, there's a new attack surface. And so you can imagine there's all kinds of logs and everything that have you looked at constantly. Um, so there's a lot of a lot of Bill's job is threat assessment and mm-hmm. aggregating those things, and we have tools that help him do that. But it's definitely there's more than enough work for a single person. To, oh, I'm sure. And he said, <laughs> he said, I'm in charge of, of protecting the credit union from. Like, <laughs> I'm gonna let that stand so I can let everything fall on him. <laughs> we have a recording. <laughs> I know what he meant, but he, yeah. we do have a, a team that gives him support in that and we have an information security committee mm-hmm. um so and a pretty involved information security program that's ongoing where we actively test and uh, do things like send out emails that that's you, what's kind of tricky mm-hmm. you ever happen to have your email up yeah did you i do actually why what, what should i have received did you get an email that uh I got a FedEx tracking update email that I don't know anything about. I did too, and I looked at it, and I thought I it was really weird. It. I didn't open it. I didn't open it either. Because I, it's that's really tricky because um, we just got our vouchers to get new clothes for uh, Dell One Apparel, mm-hmm. and so when I saw it, I was like, oh, okay, it's probably my Dell One Apparel, but I didn't look at it because I was working. And I just shipped out FedEx stuff for students. <laughs> so, there you go. so, so, what was the things that I was supposed to look for? I didn't. I just kind of glanced at. Can it I? Can I open this email? Uh, you can. That, that particular was a safe one because we yeah. said that we ran that test. And what kind? Uh, what, are, what were you supposed to be looking for in those type I of emails? Think the, the the biggest thing, easiest thing I try to explain to people. And granted, this is very low level. Um, is this real or is this? No, that's, that's a test. We, that's we, we okay, gotcha. All right. That. So that that looks very real. There's all the FedEx logo and yeah. the tracking number. But if that were malicious, if that were an attacker, and you clicked on that link, it would probably take you to a website that looked a lot like FedEx, but yeah. wasn't FedEx. Right. It would ask you to enter some credentials so they could verify that it's your package, and now that attacker has whatever information you gave them. And it happens that quick. It happens that quick. Yeah. yeah. So I think the very low-level way to, to verify is in the email, if you put your mouse over the, the link, in any type of email you get, if you put your mouse over the link, um, you can see where it's gonna send you. So, if it's not sending you- It says you, shippingupdates.com. 
Yeah, so which is not FedEx. You would expect right. Ah, uh, got it. Yeah. Got it. Sending you somewhere that's not the manufacturer's website, <clears throat> then I would be, you know, kind of questioning. See, that. I already fell for it. But but an attacker, they do that kind of stuff because they know pretty much everybody's got a package somewhere moving at any given time. We all ship stuff or ship stuff or have to ship to us, mm-hmm. Amazon or, or mm-hmm. whatever, just like YouTube. Had. And so we're all busy, and then we, we get an email like, oh, my shipment's been diverted, and we have right. stuff without, without even thinking about it, really. And so, yeah, look at the, the link, hover over it before you click on it, like Bill said, see if it's a weird address. Um, and another thing, for instance, in this one, it, it actually gives a tracking number. So if you have mm-hmm. the FedEx app, type in, phys- physically type in, not using any kind of link from the email, but type in the tracking number mm-hmm. and see if that's legitimately, and it wouldn't come up bogus. Right. That, that, that's something they made up. What typically is at risk? So, like, let's let's say this was real, and let's say I clicked on it, went to the website. Like, what's something that potentially somebody would be trying to steal from me, I and what would they do with the it? The most frequent one right now, and you may correct me, Bill, maybe incorrect, but it, it seems like we're seeing a lot of credential harvesting with these with these emails. So you click the link, and in order to get to the information it's tempting you with, mm-hmm. you have to give them something, and they want, to, they want to take that, whether it's your username and password for FedEx, or they say, oh, and we need to verify your credit card number, or whatever, even just an email address. All this kind of information um, can be either sold in the dark web, or it can be used to try to hack other things that you have. And most people, um, I'm going to take up some of the topics we have, but many people we think we do a good job making complex passwords. Maybe we do, maybe we don't. Mm-hmm. But if we get one that we think is complex, we really like to kind of use the same one in a lot of different places. We went to all that effort to come up with this whatever 12-character password or, or whatever it is. So I'm going to use it not just for FedEx, but I'll use it for Facebook and i use it for Twitter. And attackers know that. So if they can get you to give them a password, they'll start all these major platforms and many times are able to just stumble upon one where you use the password somewhere else. Right. You got your email address because mm-hmm. they sent you the email. And a lot of people use the same username and password for mm-hmm. everything. Mm-hmm. Right. And what is a simple fix just to change your passwords? Like just say you're like, well, it's, I think I did something stupid. Yes. What's my yeah, next if step? If you're not sure, definitely change your passwords. Um, I think the problem is a lot of people don't realize that they, what they did was, was wrong. That they don't realize that they just entered their information into malicious site and you don't know until it's too late and yeah. all of a sudden you get a, a message from a friend saying I don't think you post this kind of stuff to Facebook and there's yeah. something mm-hmm. crazy out there um, or you have some strange charges showing up somewhere on the credit card and yeah by that point it's, but if you realize if you do happen to realize like Bill said yeah change your password and of course a, a big part of the password thing is using a password manager because then you don't have to try to memorize all your different passwords there are many applications out there um, that are free or very inexpensive and they're trustworthy. They allow you to, and they'll help you, they can help you generate strong passwords and then save them in this application. Mm-hmm. And then the only thing you have to remember is the single password to get into that application and it stores all the rest of them. So when you say they're trustworthy though, if it's storing all those passwords onto that app, how is it safe against somebody to go just break into that app and then get all your information that way? Well, the, the a couple ways. <laughs> The biggest thing is to make sure that your password to get into that app is secure. <laughs> I have a password manager, <laughs> and then my password, my password, password one, two, three. Right. <laughs> you got to think of it as one password to rule them all. Right. But there's a lot better chance of you remembering a single long password than right uh, than multiples. 
The other thing is when you look at those applications, and most of us that use I lost my phone for a second. I was going to panic. Most of us that use these um, are, are using them on our mobile devices, uh, especially with Apple, although Android devices, are, uh, the Android stores is getting better with this. You can, you can check reviews, mm -hmm. and a lot of these stores are policed very well by the developers to, to root out fake apps. Right. And you can do what we call it due diligence, do a little bit of research and um, reading articles and say, hey, what's the best password manager out there right now? Mm -hmm. and, and there's some, uh, I've been using LastPass, I've been using that forever. KeyPass is another good one, and there are a few like that. So I think password manager is the way to go. You can go on to Google and just you know, type in, like Mark said, what's the best password manager for mobile? And uh, guaranteed there's multiple articles, people have done reviews mm -hmm. and compared them, and they'll let you know which ones um, have the most secure databases. Right. How, what, what is the likelihood that your phone could be hacked? Like, because if you're talking about password manager on your phone and making sure you have a good password, what's the likelihood that, just say, I open that email on my phone and I put the passwords in there, what's the likelihood that they would be able to use that password for apps on my phone? The apps on the phone, that's pretty low. Yeah. Very low. That, that's not, these kind of attackers want to go for stuff that's easy. And phones now, smartphones especially, are very, they're pretty secure. Yeah. I don't want to say very, I don't want to go out on a limb, but they're, they're, they're pretty secure. And it will be too much work for them really to do that. They're not interested when it comes to a phone on necessarily infecting your phone as much as they are harvesting data. And they're doing that, usually if you're in credentials on your phone, you're entering it into a website on your phone anyway, so you're not really putting it into an app on your phone. Yeah. That's going out to their fake site on a server they have. So, mm -hmm. When it comes to <clears throat> securing a mobile device, a lot of this stuff seems pretty basic, but it's inconvenient, so a lot of us don't do it. Have a strong passcode. And I know that a lot of phones will let you get away with four digits, but use six digits because that increases the security. Just, it majorly increases the security. Use six digits. Don't use something that's easily it's easy to guess. You have like to birthday. like or your birthday. One, two, three, four. <laughs> you know, you want it to be out of wallet information, something that somebody else wouldn't know. Because if they steal your purse that has your cell phone in it, then they can go to your license or and then they can start guessing the numbers that are on there. You got to think of what else of a mind do they have that they could use to guess this code. So, I come use up. face recognition. Or face recognition. <laughs> if your phone has that, yeah, that, that technology is great. Or you know, a, a lot of. Phones have fingerprint recognition now, which is which is fantastic. Is that reliable? But, I've never used mine. Um, I'm, I mean, I've never come across. I can't speak for Android, and I know there's going to be <laughs> Android users are, are some of them are fanatical, and maybe right rightly so. So I, I, please don't send me any hate mail. <laughs> Android may be great, but I can't speak to it because I don't have a ton of experience with it. I can I can speak to. IOS and Apple want to say that their their fingerprint technology is excellent. So mm -hmm. yeah, it's very secure. Yeah, um, I know my phone can like recognize me like pitch black darkness sometimes. I'm like I don't know <laughs> how I feel about that. Yeah, when somebody looks similar to you. Right. Like oh yeah, but uh, that's good to know though because I've always wondered that too. Like if am I safer on my phone than like on my computer? Like opening something like that or. 
wouldn't say safer mm-hmm. as much as the nature of the it's, the nature of the attack would be different, or the, right. the nature of the risk rather would be. Different. I'd say it's more right. contained too, mm-hmm. um, depending on what type what type of attack they're going after. Uh, on your phone, they can only go on your phone if they were to try to go anywhere. Well, that's a good point. You know, we've been focused on the, focusing on our kind of hypothetical here on credential harvesting, where they're trying to steal a password or a username. There are other kinds of attacks. So if that email that you clicked on was taken to a site with malware, with some kind of bad program that's going to try to get stuff off your hard drive, and you open it on your phone, it's not going to do anything. Mm-hmm. It's fine. Right. So, yeah, there are some attacks where it would be less likely to work. Yeah. What's the, uh, the popping scandal right now? I brought an example. Okay. Yay. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I, I said to Bill, let's take some live stuff that we've seen and as we're looking at and talking to people. One of the... And this has been around for a while. One of the things that's going around are these extortion emails. And I did a post on our internal um, system here about to let people know. And these have been around for years and years. And a lot of times they'll, they'll take these kinds of attacks and they'll use them for a while and they'll kind of fade from the scene and they'll bring them back and kind of try a different avenue. So I'm going to, <clears throat> I've typed up a version of this that's redacted because I want to read you the kind of email that's coming. This, this is a real email that was detected and the attack was thwarted, but I am redacting information from this because it's very NSFW when you look at the original okay, content. Right. <laughs> and what you have to remember is that they, these attackers like to act on people's emotions. So for instance, with a package, we're all excited to get a package. We don't want that package to get messed up. So that's why we would jump quickly on the, the FedEx thing. And so not only do they use people's excitement, whether it's for getting a package or maybe 50% off concert tickets, um, but they'll also use people's fear against them as well, and they'll try to intimidate and scare, and that's what this is all about. So here's an example, a redacted version of, of the kind of email. It says, your notebook computer have been injected in such a way all the demandable materials and contact numbers of all your close ones are in my disposal at present. That software switched on your webcam and made video and makes snapshots. In my possessing, I have many embarrassing webcam videos. At the same time, I have at my disposal all information to yours, social media, service, user accounts. If you do not like me to dispatch all the compromising material to your family members and coworkers, then you have to forward US dollars 400 to my Bitcoin address. And they, they put a Bitcoin address there. All nearest and dearest and colleagues obtain dirt in a case if I do not obtain transmission within 24 hours. In a case if you should fulfill all my conditions, I will close down all the dirt. You the most important in our time are family values and you have to remember that. After finding this email, you have just 24 hours. What a troll. <laughs> I mean, he went straight for the punches. Yeah. As opposed to like a subtle like, oh, yeah, so the virus aren't here. Let me go in and yeah. clean it up for you. Like. No, I'm gonna embarrass you in front of your entire family. Embarrassment. I, he like took yeah. pic. Uh, just a thought of someone telling me they took pictures of me and video of me Terrifying. in my own house. That's exactly. <laughs> that's exactly what they're going for. Is the fact yeah. that they they want people to, to react that way, no. because I mean the crazy part about this email is there's there's no link in the email, mm-hmm. so it's not even an email like the one we sent you where you click click on something. They want you to think that they actually have images of you, and you got to go to this site. And, and enter this Bitcoin address and send them money to mm-hmm. prevent this from happening. Right. Um, and people fall for this. Yeah. I mean, it is, I mean, this still falling for stuff it. Stuff like how this dates back somebody to... somebody know, though, if it was a real threat? 
like not a not a threat just to get your money, but where somebody could actually leak something like this to all your friends and family or some kind of scenario like that. One of the so there's kind of some general guidelines you can use when you get not just this kind of what we're calling an extortion email, but there are other things they use as as threats and as well. And just things to watch out for, and that is first of all, any email that we get from people we're not familiar with, mm -hmm. uh, that should we should kind of be on guard. And I didn't expect to get this email, and I'm not talking about general spam. We know what ads look like. You gotta be careful with those too. But these things where it looks like a conversation, I don't know who this person is. I should automatically have my that should set off some internal alarms, right? And then when you read it, and you notice when I read this, I was very careful to read it exactly as the person typed yeah, it. Very disjointed. Yeah, right. yeah. yeah. You know, the impression is that one of two things: either the individual um, is not familiar, English is not their native language, or they're structuring the email in such a way as to get around modern email filters. There are a lot of email filters that are, are really good at picking up on stuff and they look for patterns of words and they can read the content and flag it and get it away. So if the person can word things and jumble things up just enough to get it past the filter. So already I'm saying, okay, wait a minute, it's worded weird, may not be native English speaker, That's this isn't looking, this isn't looking right. Um, the other thing is, again, this, this idea, I want to repeat myself, I hate to repeat myself, but I think it's important. If they're trying to scare you into something, why do they have to use that? Mm -hmm. it, if, and I'm not an expert in extortion, don't get me wrong, but if I did have some kind of material and I wanted to extort you for something, um, I would show you at least some of it and say, hey, I got the rest right here. Mm -hmm. But there's nothing, like he said, there's no link, there's no picture, there's no video attached. They're just depending on you to uh, fall for what they're saying. And then at the end it says, you have 24 hours from when you open this email. Where there was no link, there was no attachment, like in the form How of a program. How do they know? They don't know. Right. They don't know, and that's the thing. So these things just go out <clears throat> as a mass email and just hope. Somebody pitches on them. Yeah, they'll catch somebody somewhere. I mean, this type of email, I feel like dates all the way back to the Nigerian prince. Oh, yeah. Emails that used to go around in the 2000s, I think. That's right. And uh, same type of thing. It was, you know, Nigerian prince has this money that he needs to get to the US. a US account. If you just help yeah. me with your account number, then I, yeah. That's pretty so, bold to use such a public figure It's like that. That one was a very, very popular one. And uh, the sad part is a lot of, um, I feel like a lot of elderly people fell for that one. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, there's a lot of ones where they people ask for help and they'll, they'll get people who are just too nice and don't understand like, you know, hey, this isn't, this isn't real. Um, but yeah, this one, I mean, like Mark said, you see the, the English and the grammar that's in there and it's just like should just set off alarms and put your guard up right away right. and if you feel you are being extorted go to the authorities go to yeah. law enforcement the answer is not is not even just, if this was know. real and you paid them the four hundred dollars in bitcoins what's to say they would even that's the point I'm not offering legal advice disclaimer yeah. <laughs> I'm not offering legal advice anyway what's it would stop them from <laughs> sending it all to your family yeah. Anyway. um yeah I'm but like, the thing is if you if you pay they're just going to want to keep escalating. Yeah. And that's what they hope for, and that's what they do. I've seen it um, in, in some attacks that I've helped investigate where the person gives in the first time, and then it's, okay, I need more. Okay, I need more. Give me more now. Give me more now. And it becomes more and more demanding. Next thing you know, it's thousands and thousands before it's finally stopped. So it might have turned into $4,000 as opposed to just $400. Absolutely. It would start with 400 and I, and I can almost guarantee you get another email 
uh, probably more direct now they now they know you're biting our right. ass and they would just keep going until you stopped when I was working in the branch we saw it all the time people were bringing these checks and some of them would be uh, some some you know one of the, a teller a member representative would be like hey this is definitely fake like you, know. if you get a random nine thousand dollar check in the mail yeah <laughs> <laughs> and it tells you to give them half back <laughs> right. yeah and and it really is a shame because then sometimes these people do deposit in their account and then they they use the money or they send half of the money wherever mm. they're asked to send it and now they're out the money yeah they're responsible for it they're responsible the members are yeah. responsible it's really sad one of the things, and it, it can be hard to do because you're scared or, or upset at the time when you get an email like this, but one of the things that it helps to learn to do is to read through the threat that you got and, and see if there's any kind of real risk in it and what is that real risk. And I received one of these emails um, not too awful long ago, actually, because I shared it with Bill <laughs> when it happened because I said we got to be on the lookout for this. Sure enough, we saw how many more right in a row. Yeah. Um, so when I read through this, automatically recognized it as an extortion scheme, but I, I want to pay close attention and see if something has been compromised, what would it be? And what I found in this email that I received, much like the one I read as an example, is that it said, I had your social media accounts. Well, out of all of this, the real threat that I saw as being the most realistic is that maybe they hacked one of my social media accounts, so I immediately changed all my social media passwords. Right. Even though they were already, already two-factor authentication, they were already safe, just to be sure, I changed all those. Mm-hmm. Nothing ever happened. No pictures up until this point of this podcast. No pictures have shown up anywhere. <laughs> um, and none of my accounts were compromised. But and there's, I mean, it's not just emails either. Emails aren't the only <clears throat> threat that we're fa- like, that we see. Um, there's there's a story that, and I'm sure plenty of people have seen this happen. Um, it's been around for a few years where you get a phone call, and they've gotten good now where they can make the phone call look like it's coming from right down the street, you know, mm-hmm. next town over. Um, they just spoof the, the number and make it look like that. But, uh, you know, they, they'll call and they'll say that they're from, you know, Microsoft support and that they need to work on one of your computers. That happens to my grandma. Yeah, so like two years ago, yeah. then what they do is they have you go to a website, you download this program, which then gives them remote access mm-hmm. to your computer. That's and exactly what she did. Really? <laughs> yep. She did they the whole start, thing. <laughs> start moving around on your computer. Now they have access to your computer, and you don't know what kind of backdoor you've now given them into your machine for, you know, I don't know how long, because, uh, you know, I can't say what they even made you download. Mm-hmm. Um, so what did your grandma do? Like, well, she, she gave them her, the only thing she did was give them her credit card information. Oh, and when I came home oh, that day, okay. she told me that Microsoft had called and that there is an issue, like they have to fix it. And I was like, yeah. Microsoft isn't that proactive. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Usually you're waiting for 45 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> and she told me what she did and like she gave me credit card information. I was like, okay, you need to call credit card company and shut yeah. that down, like now. And um, she was like, oh, but they're not, I'm like, no, 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 <laughs> like, just trust me. My mom was freaking out and they didn't end up doing anything to the computer. I, I hope, but she never uses it anyway. But um, it was a little terrifying that she, you know, she didn't know. And yeah. she fell for it and thought it was a, a harmless thing. Like, am I actually trying to help? And someone was wrong with her computer. Yeah. And I mean, I've had a case where I helped with that same, that exact thing happened. And the, the advice I gave right away was turn it off mm-hmm. and disconnect it from the network. 
because yeah. you don't want it to be on the internet. <clears throat> as long as it's on the internet, they have access. So right. until you get it cleaned up, I would just, if, you know, if that ever happens, just turn off the internet, turn it off. And with an attack like the one you described, even if you think, like, I don't see anything's wrong, my computer seems to be running okay, mm-hmm. still scan it yeah. with, with some kind of anti-virus, anti-malware mm-hmm. software because there are things that can be done that it doesn't necessarily mean that your information is compromised on your computer, but it'll affect your computer performance. They may be stealing, they can actually uh, steal some of your computing power and your processor. I'm trying to make this as simple as possible. But they can use that for their own means. They can get onto your computer, then use your processor to do their stuff, and you're like, why is it really running slow today? Well, yeah, because they're the ones stealing your, your computer processing in order to, you know, start a Bitcoin miner. Yeah. So, yeah, always scan it when something mm-hmm. like that happens. What's the best kind of like, like, real quick, like on computers? What's the best kind of like um, software to be using to protect yourself from? I mean, is there anything to protect yourself from somebody pretending to be Microsoft and calling? And... I mean, with that situation, it's just, it's. I mean, it's a phone call. It's going to be from some from a number that you don't have in your contacts. Right. Um, and I think, I think most of us um, are. You know, we get a phone call from a number we don't know. It's gotten to the point where we're like eh, I'm not sure who this is happens to me every day yeah, a, lot of people don't, a lot of people don't answer so I would say if you get a phone call from a number you don't have saved just already like be like you know kind of on guard just to make sure like you gotta make sure you pay attention to what they say right um, but had, there's nothing there's no program that's gonna I feel like protect a computer you from, program yeah from a phone from them calling and accessing I've had so many spam calls that I now I paid for the caller ID like and I made sure like I, I don't know it, it'll tell me if it's I think it's I pay for it maybe I don't I don't know but it tells me if it's spam when they yeah. call me yeah. I have an app that does that yeah and it just I thought you meant like just in general like it just it tells you the phone number that's calling me. <laughs> <laughs> no, no we all have that no it says that's spam funny. and I say okay ignore but I get Did I've had so scam? many of them that I'm serious, two, at least two a day, still, at least, yeah. that I just, n- now every time a spam number calls, it tells me it's spam and I just ignore it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would, I would just mention one other thing is, you know, we've talked a lot about uh, people contacting us, like emails coming in or phone calls coming in. I think another thing that we have to be uh, vigilant on is, is our emails that we send out and the fact that... Uh, we don't even if even if you're sending it to someone you trust, you don't put personal information in it. Mm-hmm. Um, I would you know not put my driver's license, social security number, credit card numbers, um, anything that is not public information. I would not right. put in an email even if I was like sending it to my friends. Email collections and you're making a payment via email. Yeah, I would right. not yeah. put any type of information like that. Like I said, even if it's someone you know and you trust them, yeah, even if you don't your, know what happens in between. Even if it's your credit union or your bank, don't put yeah. that information, plain text, in an email. That, mm-hmm. that that institution that you're working with will give you a secure way to send that information. Mm-hmm. There's yeah. multiple ways to securely send numbers and forms and things like that. So mm-hmm. that way it's not in plain text. Like Mark said, um, you know, you might be secure and your institution might be secure, but there's a there's a middle piece in there right. that you know you don't know what's out there and it could just read it as mm-hmm. it goes by. So definitely contact your institution and see what secure ways they have to send uh, personal information. Right. 
I know how to send it to Jared. I don't know how to receive. I don't. How can we assist them to send their stuff to Jared to us? Or yeah. do they have to have their own? I don't know how that program works. I only know how to send. That's it. We have ways where you can request files. Oh, okay. Doesn't know. And that's just just as simple as them calling and say, "Hey, I need to send this information," or is it better for them to go other normal routes, I guess, to make a payment? I mean, they a call. Uh, I mean, you can do whatever the phone. Yeah. Uh, I, guess I, guess it's I would the only say way. even if you. <laughs> if it's like the only way. way. Right. Well, I guess if you emailed it. and said you wanted to make a payment, you know, just not put your information in that email. Right. Just say you wanted to make a payment, and then your institution could send you. Uh, a link to securely upload information. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, Bill is doing a fantastic job of being very neutral in his statements because, as a security guy, he doesn't want to divulge any part of our security stack. Since this is going on, I didn't is, mean to start anything. I really did it. I just, you know. Wow, Bill needs to run for office. <laughs> Best non-answer answers I've ever heard. <laughs> no, but no, you get ask whether it's Dell One or whether it's any institution you're working with. Um, if you need to send that kind of information to them, give a call and and, and ask them. Or, or if you're if you're if you don't trust that, even I know some people are are very very careful and that's that's not a bad thing well then drive the stuff there if you need to yeah, this whole right. time i just tell people do not send me anything email yeah. mail it to me i'll have mm-hmm. an envelope to you you know yeah. <laughs> like i get if they can't come into a branch or if they're out of state or something i just like i'll send you an envelope <laughs> yeah. no we we do have um we do have a secure portal that documents like that can be sent to so that we can make it convenient for members i think it's more convenient than they just send it plain text actually mm-hmm. We're getting up on 30 minutes. You guys want to go over any last things or anything? Or? Go as long as you want. <laughs> yeah, it's Security the barrier, and then we can We're computer guys. Nobody, everybody gets bored when we talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, the guy that you guys brought um, for tr- us for training is amazing. Two years in a row. He's yeah. amazing. Oh, yeah. yeah. He keeps it interesting. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I can give you an example I just showed Mark. <clears throat> it was a text message I received. Yeah, he should literally as we were walking yeah. into this podcast, he showed me a social engineering attempt that just happened. Yesterday at five forty nine, I got a text message that said, Your mobile number have been gifted three three million. Reply with your private email address with your name, mobile number two, and then it gives an email. Now this text message came from an email address that I'm guessing was compromised. Um but the email that I want you to send the information to does not match the email that it came from. But I mean, in that instance, I would say this one is going to be a hard one for people to fall for because three million dollars. Three million, right? Because that's such a. But if you said, yeah, if you said, if you found one like this and it said a hundred dollars, I think yeah, that one would probably fall. Horrible. Yeah, people yeah. would fall that for that more. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, this comes as a text message. You can't really block that. Mm-hmm. Um, you can block the address after you get it, but. And that's, I mean, that's another thing I guess we can bring up too is <clears throat> with these emails that, that come in, there's not much on the security side for like what we do to really block them. Mm-hmm. Because like Mark said, they're, they're putting things in their email to go around the filters, but also they're changing their email address. So right. you, can't, you can't block, for instance, you can't block all of Gmail. 
if there's a Gmail account that comes in, you can't yeah. just block Gmail. Right. And then all the rest of them, all the domains at the end, everything after the at symbol changes, I would say almost every time you get one. So it's, you can't, tr- you know, can't chase it down. So they're, I mean, they're, they're pretty smart about it right. and how they do it. So it's, it's kind of hard to protect against it. It's more of you have to uh, really pay attention to the things you're clicking on and uh, places you're going, I would say. So um, has there been any fake Del One emails to our members recently? Like, do they pretend to be Del One at any? Not to my knowledge, yeah. but I mean, our name is out there, it's public. Yeah. At any given time, it can, you know. I mean, so. in, I would say even you have to, even if you know somebody and their name shows up in an email, uh, pay very close attention to the actual email address, not the name. Because like if you look at an email, if I send you an email, it's going to say Bill Barry. Mm-hmm. But then right after that, it will have their actual email address. Mm-hmm. And I would say really pay attention to that if you're kind of confused by an email you just received. Because, I mean, the internet is the internet. You can get CEOs' names. You can get presidents' names like of companies. And... Uh, you can send emails pretending to be that person mm-hmm. and change the email header to make it look like you're that person. And if you're not paying attention to the email address, you might actually think it's that person because their name shows up in your quick view bar. Mm-hmm. And uh, you might think a person's asking you for something, but I would be definitely make sure you're, you're paying attention to the email address, the actual whole thing, instead of just the name that shows up. Right. And typically, I remember when I was working in the branch, members were pretty quick to say, I got an email from y'all. <laughs> like, <laughs> what is this? So yeah, yeah. they're real quick to bring it up and then, but it's never, I've never had a situation where it wasn't one of our emails. Yeah, It's always been like a legitimate email from us for whatever reason, but. Yeah, I mean, but you see how easy it was for a FedEx email to go and look like a, <laughs> and the only reason why I did believe it is because I sent out something in FedEx today. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> I, I believed it too, I, but I just figured I wouldn't touch it. But yeah. <laughs> I was like, whatever, I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Go ahead, FedEx. I, I guess we should have connected the dots that we're having a podcast with IT today. Yeah, on email today. yeah that was last week. <laughs> <time. laughs> it was like a, like 310. We were like, yeah. oh we're man. Just trying to sit. <laughs> uh, that takes me like six hours of I guess you know if we did it to kind of summarize it obviously there's much more of this topic um, but for these kinds of attacks that we've talked about if we had to summarize it I'd say the overall lesson is take a deep breath slow down before mm-hmm. you click on stuff take the extra moment to verify things uh, you know old-fashioned telephone still works if you're not sure that, that person really sent you that oh this doesn't seem like something Jordan would send me then call Jordan and ask him right um, don't say if it's important. Like if it's important, they're going to get in t- contact with you again. That's right. That's right. right. And uh, the other thing is to remember that these bad actors, these bad guys on the internet, they're bullies. They mm-hmm. want to intimidate and they want to threaten. We know how bullies act, and they act the same way via email and, and everything that they do in real life. So just don't let people uh, intimidate you into making poor choices. Mm-hmm. And if you have the option to contact like an IT department, I would utilize that and have them look at it before you click on anything Mm -hmm. Um, because you don't know what you're clicking on and you don't want to ruin whatever device you're using by clicking on something that was malicious.
I get calls from my grandma all the time. Sure, is this a good email? Yep. Yeah, I think that's a good way to, to end it. Cool. All right. Thank you guys. Uh, yeah, thank you very much. For doing this with us. Thanks for having us. We can, maybe we can visit again. You build yeah. next year, right? Yeah. All right. That sounds good. <laughs>